You're listening to the Shoulder Tap Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salen with Cape Fear Men. And today I have with me a pastor and a men's ministry leader, Pastor Josh Smith. Now, let me tell you a little bit of something about Josh here before we get going. Dr. Smith is a lead pastor with Prince Avenue Baptist Church in Bogart, Georgia. He's ministered to over 25 countries. He's worked with uh, international students. He served as a missionary in Central Europe. Josh is a graduate of Liberty University, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and, and Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Josh and his wife, Andrea, have four daughters and one son. He's also the author of the Titus 10 book, a book that I have recently read, and I, I had to get up with Josh and talk to him a little bit about it because it gave me some enthusiasm, I should say, about ministering to men. And after I completed it, I knew I had to get Josh on the, onto this program. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, is the Titus 10 and the other projects that's associated with that book. So, Josh, it's good to have you with me today. Mike, thank you so much. This is a joy to spend some time talking about something we're both passionate about. Amen. Amen. You know, when I when I read the, the, the books over the years, and I've read a lot of books dealing with men and ministering to men and discipling men or mentoring men, whatever you want to say, uh, in their walk with Christ and being better husbands and dads and, and just brothers in Christ. But I have to say, this is the first book that I believe that I've ever read that not only spoken to men's lives, but it's actually a book study of the of the biblical book, Titus, and uh, from a man's viewpoint. So, so give us a little overview. How did that come about? What, sure. what prompts you to do this? Yeah, well, uh, 2008, I'm a local church pastor. Uh, my first pastor, I'm 32 years old, don't have a clue what I'm doing. Uh, grew up around ministry my entire life, but had never been a pastor. So I'm trying to struggling. Our church is growing. Don't have enough money to hire new staff, but we need some men. Uh, I'm seeing that a bunch of our kind of older generation of men who love Jesus in the church were dying. And I was looking behind them and wasn't seeing anybody to take their place. So I began to pray about how I could invest in men as a pastor. Uh, and I, for some reason, I really don't know why exactly this is, but I decided to take 10 minutes of time through the book of Titus. Uh, I say I don't know why. I, I do know that, you know, Titus had a lot about elders and the need for godly men. The whole context mm -hmm. of Titus is the church was being ravaged by rebellious men. Paul drops Titus off and says, fix it. And the way he says, fix it first is get godly men in place. So I knew there was a lot about men. And so I just uh, began to take 10 minutes of time through the book of Titus. And I did that uh, until I had taken 120 men 10 at a time through the book of Titus in my local church. And God just seemed to bless it. So it kind of began verse by verse exposition through Titus. Then a few years later, it became kind of these foundations of manhood that I was seeing in the book of Titus. Wow. Wow. It's, it's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a, I'm going to read an excerpt out of, out of your book here in the introduction that just really kind of got my attention. Uh, but you say in your book, after doing this twice a year for a few years, I began to realize that the 46 verses of Titus laid an incredible foundation for manhood. And almost every basic question a man asked on his journey to becoming a godly man was answered in this little book. You know, and, and I have to be honest with you, you know, being in being and working with men, being in men's ministry for over 15 years myself. And I've read over this book many times, you know, in, in my walk with Christ. And I saw all the all the stuff in there about what it meant to what you're looking for as far as leaders. I never really thought about the whole 46 verses mm. speaking into that man's life. Yeah. 
Well, and it, you know, it's not a book for men. It's a book for the church. But the context, even the context of Paul writing to Titus, and Titus was different than a Timothy. Uh, Titus was more of a co-worker, a side-by-side. Uh, if you trace the story of Titus, which I do in the book, um, Titus was kind of Paul's go-to man for some really difficult situations and circumstances. So he was a really faithful friend. Paul loved him. They worked well together. He was courageous. And he drops him off in this church, and this church is being ravaged by rebellious men. And um, Paul then just gives instruction. So you've got one strong man writing to another strong man, a man about how to deal with rebellious men. And the answer is put the right men in place. So you put all those things together. There's a lot to say here in this little book about men. Oh, yeah, it sure is. How's the men receiving this? I have to ask you that question. How is your how's your men receiving this? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. So it's funny. I do a, a, a quite a few podcasts, and one of the questions I get asked a lot is, "How do you get men interested in men's ministry?" And one of the things yeah. I always say is, "That's not hard. It's never been hard for me." And just in terms of, I think men are desperate. I think most men feel overwhelmed, discouraged, defeated in most areas of their life. I think yeah. particularly when it comes to being at home, being a husband, being a father, they feel defeated and overwhelmed. So I think guys are looking for something. What I don't think they're looking for is some of the previous generations kind of trite and cheesy men stuff, you know? Um, I mean, I, I don't do a lot of uh, trips for men. I mean, I think some mission trips for men are great, but guys are busy. But if you're going to invest in their life week after week and giving them something solid and thoughtful that they can build a life on, they want it. So I was doing it. Uh, 10 at a time in my previous church, multi-generational groups. I would meet with them for 10 weeks. Uh, Our church here in the Athens area, Georgia is much larger. So what I do now is I get guys at round tables with about six or seven at a table with a group leader. We have breakfast, I teach, and then they discuss. And uh, I, at the end of this year, will have taken almost 500 men through the Titus 10. And I've never advertised it. And no one in our church publicly knows that we do it. Uh, I handpicked 60 guys originally. I took them through it. And I said, if you guys want to fill a table, fill a table. And that's the way it's gone. So we try to say it's not a program. It's a movement. Uh, I don't say I've never said one thing about it from the pulpit. We've never advertised it. We just kind of started doing it, which I think is a good way to do men's ministry, to be honest with you. I think our tendency is to say, let's plan a big event for men. That's fine. I've found that what you can see is often more effective is let me gather 10 men together and start investing in them. Then after a few months, let those guys start investing in more and more and more. Right. uh, So we're finding that guys are really responding. They're hungry for this stuff. The guy, the number one thing I hear is, why didn't I hear this stuff before? Why did nobody ever teach? (laughs) Well, the thing about it is, you know, you're you're keying on something that I have been talking about a lot is the fact that we do a lot of big events for men. We make those advertisements, and and there's really nothing wrong with that. But those events should be a a entry point or a stepping off point. So the, the guys that like you and I, the, the, that we have uh, ourselves and those that we have ministered to can reach out and be intentional in developing a relationship and inviting them to join those groups that's and, right. uh, and, and do those. And, that, and that's what, and, and I find a lot of times when I ask somebody, tell me about your ministry to men, it, it ends up being about their Saturday morning breakfasts or their yeah. once a year trips or whatever the case may be. And I never really hear about life on life where somebody's pouring their life into another. Do you think churches, at least this is what I see, and 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 it's not intentional. It's just because they may not fully understand what they need to do. 
that men are some of the most neglected people groups in our churches when it comes to ministry? Yeah, I mean, most churches have a, a lot of churches have a thriving women's ministry. That's 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 um, seems to be the case. Children's ministry, student ministry. There's just not a lot for men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard. Men's ministry is hard. And mm-hmm. uh, trying to find out how to get guys plugged in and engaged. I just, you know, we were just talking about some of the big events, the breakfast. The way we look at it as a church, our local church, we take these circles. So we say the outer circle is the men's breakfast or whatever. Right. But then that that's just the outer circle. The very, very inner circle is a man's intimacy with Jesus Christ. So the question is, how Amen. can I get them from the breakfast to intimacy? Right. And so what we say is Titus 10 is kind of that next circle in. And then the next circle in from that is a discipleship group, three or four guys. And then mm-hmm. the next for that is their own relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So, you know, I think where a lot of ladies in the church, they love the Bible studies. They enjoy those things. That's not as easy for men. I think we've tried to do a lot of big events. I think we've also tried the opposite approach of let's all get in a room and share our deepest, darkest secrets, which <laughs> most guys don't want to do week one, you know? Uh, uh, it I takes just, time for a man to do that. Time. <laughs> so our approach has been let's give them solid content and invite them into like a 10 or 11 week process. So give me 11 weeks, once a week, and I want to invest in you and let's give them real solid biblical but yet practical and helpful content in the context of other men where they can talk to so uh it seems it seems to be resonating okay man amen i know uh one of my stories is the fact of a man coming and tapping me on the shoulder many many years ago and invited me to join a group of men like that i spent three years with that guy uh, and i learned more in those three years than i had all the years i had been in church because wow. of the fact we were getting deeper into the word and he was speaking it to my life and uh, directly. I mean, not to take anything away from what I learned in, in our Sunday schools, cadet group, life groups, whatever you want to call them, uh, or Sunday morning uh, messages from my pastor. Uh, not to say I didn't get anything from that, but the fact that the, that man was intentional in speaking directly into my mm-hmm. life and really taking the word and applied it into our every day-to-day living. Uh, that had a tremendous impact uh, when he did that. And I think a lot of men would, would resonate if someone would do that. Let me, let me back up a little bit on something you said earlier. And I want you to talk about that a little bit. You said multi-generational groups. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. I mean, I read it in the book. Uh, how you pulled that? Yes. Speak to that a little bit. Speak why it's why is it important for us to have multi generational groups? Yeah. So I'll just start back with my story. When I originally started doing the Titus Ten, I needed to pick ten guys to do with me for the first time. This is the fall of two thousand eight, and um, I just decided if I got a bunch of twenty year old guys in the room, we're just kind of all pulling our ignorance together, right? Like that. I just knew that wasn't going to work. So I thought, what if I could get some couple of guys in their twenties, thirties, forties, and then some guys in their eighties. The first group I had, as a matter of fact, just last week, um, one of the oldest men in my very first group just passed away, uh, Jim Beaver. He was in his 80s when I did it. What I found is this. Oftentimes, a guy would share his story and think no one would understand. And then an older guy in the group would say, I went through that exact same thing 40 years ago. When it comes to work or marriage or home or walking with Jesus. And, you know, Titus 2 talks a lot about multi-generational relationships. Mm-hmm. It gives instruction to the older men and the younger men. One of the things that says a lot to the older men in Titus 1 is they're to be solid. They're to be dignified and sound, it says. Mm-hmm. And something about a man being sound, which really means that they are solid. It's kind of that Psalm 1, they're deeply rooted. 
What mm-hmm. young men need is the investment in some older men in their lives. And most young men didn't get that from their dads. So where are they going to get it? Where well, they're going to get it from the church. So we have about 400 college students that come to our church every Sunday morning from University of Georgia. And a ton of them have been through Titus 10. One of the things we're realizing is they request to be at a table with older guys, not just college students. Amen. Hungry for that. They want Amen. to be invested in by older. So, you know, I think it solves two things. It solves the void in a young man's life because he needs an older man. It also solves the feeling a lot of older men has that their time has passed and no one needs them anymore. Mm-hmm. What I want to say to the older men is we need you more now than we did ever. Like we mm-hmm. need you now. Hopefully mm-hmm. if you walk with the Lord for 30, 40 years, there's a soundness about your life. Let's use that. So I think it takes two groups of people. And when you put them in a group together, it ministers to both of them in a way that nothing really else does. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's so true. You know, one of the things, you know, I work with uh, the Iron Sharpers Iron Network, uh, doing the Iron Sharpers Iron Conferences uh, uh, every year. In 2019, we did a survey. And one of the things that came out of that survey, we found that 63% of the of the young men, the millennials, we'll call them the millennials, uh, which is basically they're, they're getting into their 40s now. But, um, but they were looking for a guy over 50 that would speak into their life. That's right. And that said a lot. Uh and so it's uh, interesting. And I remember doing a talk uh, some years back uh, with a men's group and had multi-generational, had some high school students in there. And after I finished my talk, talking about speaking into the next generation, I had a high school student step up. He said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for an older man to, to, to come alongside me and, and, and walk with me. Yeah. No, they're hungry for it. And to be honest with you, the church is really the only place for that. I mean, I, uh, you know, I wrote this book specifically because I want men to be engaged in their local church. That's a big part of why I wrote this book. So pastors usually love this book because uh, it really pushes guys towards the church. But the breakdown of the family um, where most guys are not getting that, they're not around their granddads because they didn't grow around, up around them. Uh, their dads were absent. Well, the church is the place that has to fill that need. And so I just think the church has to embrace that. I. I tell a little story in the book that I was um, taking a little break from our church. This is five or six years ago. And I went and visited some other churches. And I I went to this very famous, very big church uh, in Dallas, Texas, very well known. And I, that what struck me is that I didn't see any gray hairs. Uh, (laughs) A lot of really young people, which is cool. I mean, praise God, they're coming to church, but I just thought, man, the church is missing something when we're planning our worship service and our ministry to attract one group of people and disheartening another. That's yeah. not local church. So let's do a better yeah, job of trying to find a way to engage the older men. And I think the Titus 10 does that. Yeah, it's, the scripture is very clear about uh, what us older guys are supposed to do. Uh, I know uh, I know Psalm 71, 18 is near and dear to my heart because uh, it uh, the psalmist wrote, you know, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me until I proclaim your strength or your power, depending on what mm-hmm. translation you're talking to, uh, to the next generation. And, uh, and so, you know, it's very clear about what we're supposed to do. So many of our older guys kind of, when they get into retirement age, they, they step back and say, it's time for the younger people to take over. Well, that's, that's good. I understand what you're saying, but you need to be speaking into their lives. You need to be training them. You need to be teaching them what they need to do. So when I often say to the younger guys, guys, kind of the impetus is on you in a sense that it's weird for an older guy to come to a young guy and said, I'd like to mentor you. The better thing is young guys to initiate that. For young yeah. guys to go and say to an older guy, and I, you know, I say, don't make it weird. Don't ask, like, would you mentor me? Just ask a guy to coffee. Ask yeah. a guy to, I tell our college students, I says, if you go ask an older guy in our church to coffee, first of all, he's probably going to pay. 
Second of all, he's going to be thrilled you did it. So just Amen. go and see if a relationship emerges. Ask him questions. Um, Amen. So hopefully that can happen. I love it when a, when a young guy comes to me and do that. But, you know, they need to understand that you're that uh, uh, you're willing to do that. I, one of the things I do as an older guy is I've told, I've told our discipleship pastor and I've told our college and, and youth uh, pastors, I've told them both. I said, if you got a young man that's looking for an older man to speak to him, just send him my way. If I yeah. got time, we'll work it out, you know. And so we need to do that. Well, let's 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 move on. Let's talk about the project. Where where are we going in the future? I know you got some future things going on with uh, Titus Ten. Let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, the 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 Titus Ten is basically the book is Ten Foundations for Godly Manhood. So we right. start in Genesis one, go Dominion, Gospel, Identity, Assignments. It's just got a lot in there. Uh, and it seems to have resonated with a lot of guys. So uh, just last year, Lifeway had reached out and said, let's turn it into a Bible study. I think they recognize, Mike, what you and I were talking about before we were on air. Uh, guys aren't always super thrilled about reading a, when you look at it, what, a 217, 20-page <laughs> book, uh, even if they're doing it a week at a time. Which is yeah. So um, I'm about next week, I'm going to record the videos for this. So it'll be a full 10-week Bible study curriculum with devotions for every day. So five days a week, you'll do a little study, one page, a short little devotion. And then every week, you'll be able to watch one video. And it's really made for guys to do what the ladies are doing so much, which is to gather, gather for a 10-week Bible study and talk about these things. So I'm excited about that. I think I think that'll resonate well. Oh, great. When's it, when, when's it coming out? You, you probably that'll be out that, in the, uh, early, pretty early in the spring of 2024. So only a few months from now. I think they're trying to have it out by... Uh, April or so to have it on the market. Matter of fact, it's already on. Somebody told me the other day they pre-ordered it on Amazon. I said that's interesting because I haven't written it. So, uh, <laughs> it well, I'm gonna be honest there. with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. When you and I had a conversation on the phone here a few weeks ago, and you told me about this, I did go out there and look at it. And you can pre-order it. But... It's pre-ordered, and uh, actually, most of the content's written. The videos haven't been done yet, but uh, they're excited about it and pushing that. And so between that, and then, um, I'm doing probably two to three, uh, men's retreats a semester. I'm enjoying that. Um, I did one in Austin, Texas last week. I've got another one this next week. So I, I have five kids, so I don't travel much, but I do, if a church needs me, I do like to come if I, if my schedule permits and do like a Friday night, Saturday men's retreat and just kind of help to launch men's ministry. I think what I can do is come in on something like that and get us started and then, after that, uh, help the church kind of go from there to launch a men's ministry. So I just, guys are really hungry. I, I'm sensing this more than I ever have. I've been a pastor for almost 20 years. I have never sensed more of a hunger in guys than I am right now. They really want it. They want to walk with the Lord. They just don't know how. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and the problem is, is they've never had anybody come in. I know that that was my, my dad died when I was 14 years of age. So mm -hmm. I had nobody when I was a teenager. Uh, to come alongside of me. My, I had some great uncles, but but that's what they were. They were uncles, you know, and uh, yeah. and so they didn't really speak much into my life or do do much in that way. And so I, I kind of struggled until that until I had a man in church when I was an adult come and tap me on the shoulder and ask me to join that men's group. And I spent three years with him, and it made a huge difference in my walk with God when that happened. Uh, you know, Mike, I, it's interesting. I hear this story a lot, doing a lot of men's retreats. I hear this story a lot. The story, almost very similar to yours, which was one guy came up to me and said, would you like to do a Bible study with me? Uh, one guy came and said, would you go through the Titus 10 for 10 weeks? One guy said, and that's why we've taken the approach we've taken, which is not for me to get up and say, all right, next week we're starting a 10-week Bible study. If anybody wants to do it, that's fine. 
I just, Mike, your story is really the story of a lot of men. One guy came to me and said, would you do this with me? I think that's a better approach. Now, one of the reasons pastors don't like that approach is because it's not a quick approach. They'd yeah. rather get 50 guys in the room at once and start. And, um, man, I think a lot of the better approach is um, people, individual people inviting individual people into a process uh, of coming to walk with Jesus. So that's why even when we do Titus 10 now around round tables, we don't promote it. I get a guy to be a table leader and he has to personally recruit his own people at his table. Um, and I think that's what guys are looking for. Some personal investment. Amen. Amen. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, Josh, this is, this is a fantastic movement that's going on ministry. I'm so grateful to hear what's going on at your church and other churches that are picking up. And I wish more churches would get involved in this. And, uh, and one of the things I talk a lot about is that, you know, God calls us all in the ministry. We, we typically think about it from a standpoint that God calls pastors into being pastors. And we typically think, associate calling with that. But God is calling men into a job, into a work also. Uh, it could be, it could be the fact that, uh, he wants you to make a, take a group, invite a bunch of guys to come together and sit with you. I'm meeting with a guy tonight in my garage, right here in the back of my house, you know? So you, you, you don't have to be in, in a church environment, so to speak. You can be at a yeah. coffee shop. You can, you can be, uh, uh, at your office, maybe during the lunchtime, things of that nature. And you can be speaking into men's lives. And, and mm -hmm. that is so important. And, yeah. and, uh, and so I, I really want to encourage guys to do that. Is there anything in particular, uh, as we start to wrap up a little bit, or is there anything in particular you just want to share out to men and talk sure. to men and tell me, tell men what they need to be cognizant of as, yeah, they, as well, they walk? There's a lot to be discouraged about in our culture. I mean, that, isn't that true? I mean, just socially, yeah. morally, politically, uh, in every way, there's a lot to be discouraged about. Even the stats that are coming out now about, the trajectory of the church and membership. There's just a lot to be discouraged about, but I'm not discouraged. And the reason I'm not discouraged is because I'm seeing men uh, want to, to make progress and I'm seeing them make progress. And, you know, the truth is, and I think so much of this goes back to the context of this, this little letter of Titus. If you can get some men bought in, engaged into the ministry of your church, you can change everything. And I think the lesson that God taught me is if I could just get 10 minutes at a time with me, like they're with me, they know the direction we're going, they're moving in the right direction, then I can change a church. I can change a culture and a community and we can change families. So, you know, one of the things I end the book actually with this little bitty, it's kind of an extra, not even a chapter, just an appendix at the end that talks about direction matters more than distance. If I take care of the direction, God will take care of the distance. And so I think most men feel overwhelmed. What do I do? Uh, how do I fix myself? What I say is this, you start going in the right direction. God will take care of the distance. You'll end up further than you ever imagined if you'll just go in the right direction. So my encouragement to pastors is take the slow approach. Just Ooh. invest in a group of men uh, week after week after week. You'll be amazed at the difference it's going to make in your church. And what I say to men is do the same thing. Take the slow approach. Just start slowly Spending time with God, gathering with some guys, learning how to read your Bible, walk with Jesus, fight sin, all the basics, you head in the right direction. You'll be amazed what God will do with you. So that's kind of my key. Just don't be overwhelmed. Don't be discouraged. Just start. Just start. Let's just make some progress. Uh, and God loves it when we get into that position. 
Amen. Amen. Well, Josh, um, how would people get up with you if they want to hear more about what you're doing, invite you to come to uh, their church or men's sure. group or whatever the case may be? How would they do that? Well, there is a Titus 10 website. The better thing to do is just to go to our church website. We're Prince Avenue Baptist Church. We're in the Athens, Georgia area, right by the University of Georgia. And if you go on that website, uh, all of our sermons and resources are on there and a place to get in touch with me. Uh, my email is there. And uh, I would be more than happy. I, I am amazed recently how many calls I'm getting from pastors saying, hey, can you just give me a little bit of advice and those kind of things? Yeah. Uh, so that email address is pastor at pabc.org, pastor at pabc, Prince Avenue Baptist Church.org. And uh, reach out to me. I'd love to help you, encourage you. And if I can come do something for you to bless your church, I'd love to do that as well. And be looking for the Bible study. It's it's there on um, the book is a white cover. The Bible study is a blue, a navy blue cover. But they're both available there uh, on Amazon. Amen. Amen. And I'm looking forward to, to it coming out in, in April. I, I wish I could get an advanced copy. but that's Well, enough, I'll that's send you one. Story. Have me back and we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's another story. But anyway, but it's great. Josh, it was good to have you on, on here uh, explain to what's going on, what's happening with Titus Dan. I want to tell you something, guys, if you have not read that book, I highly encourage you to pick up that copy and read it. You will be thoroughly blessed. And it's a uh, Josh comes from a different viewpoint as he walks through the uh, the book of Titus. Uh, helping us to understand what how important it is for us to be the men God's created us to be. It's a it's a super book. I cannot recommend it any 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 higher right now uh, for you to do that. But uh, I appreciate it. Josh. Thank you. I appreciate you being with me today. I uh, appreciate your discussion, and uh, I ask that uh, pray that God will continue to advance the, the kingdom of God through your work. It's, it's it's tremendous work that you're doing. Well, thank you, Mike. God bless you, brother. I appreciate you and your ministry. Keep up the good work. Amen. Well, I thank you, our listening audience. I thank those of you that are out there listening and maybe even watching this on YouTube that you uh, for, for joining us on the Shoulder Tap uh, podcast. This podcast is a production of the Cape Fear Men, a men's ministry coalition here in North Carolina. And I would encourage you to please leave a comment about this program. It helps us to develop more programming to help you as we fight the battle for men's souls. But for now, I want to leave you with this blessing. I pray God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink on, and a tree to shake. Once again, this is Mike Sandler saying God bless you. And I hope you will join me again on the next Shoulder Tap Podcast.